Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. different set yeah. than normal. Uh, it is currently Thanksgiving. We are at my mother's house and Russ is joining us fresh from the emergency room. Yeah, I had surgery se- seven-ish days ago. Seven? Major heart surgery. Seven days ago, yeah. So. so he's already pointed out to me that I'm doing all the heavy lifting. I've taken a little bit of pain medication. Which is good. Now I can crap all over this game and there's nothing he can do about it. Oh, I would be crapping on it with you, so oh. don't worry. Okay. <laughs> So, so now you don't have to watch the rest of the video. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> All right, so Russ, what was the game that we played today? The game we played today was Lufia The Legend Returns, a.k.a. Lufia 3. Yeah, I keep calling it Lufia 3. In no official way is it ever called no. Lufia 3. But, but it, it is, is Lufia 3. It is the third Lufia there's even game. a Lufia 4. Yeah. So. so. All right. So with that out of the way, we're going to cut to personal history. history with this game is very is just like all the others i feel like i repeat myself every time i have the game boy color cartridge i played it on the game boy color and then i played it again for this review for the first time in however many years that was because it's not a great game (laughs) but i do have it in my mom's closet (laughs) i never actually owned a game boy color oh neat so i did not play it when it came out and rather than have my normal i i didn't i never played it uh, i did a little bit of research so, this game came out in 2001. It was originally developed for the PlayStation, but the company developing it went out of business, and a new company came in, grabbed all the assets, and then took a PlayStation game and downgraded it to the Game Boy Color and then reworked a bunch of elements and plot. Because when I think of two systems that are roughly comparable in terms of yeah. technology and ability, I think the PlayStation and the Game Boy Color. Right basically the same system. The most interesting thing about this game is that back is that like backstory information about how <laughs> that, that was it. Like what you exactly that said, how it was retooled and I'll talk more about that later. Yeah, I can kind of see elements of that, but yeah, yeah we'll get to it. Uh, but first story and characters. Yeah. One hundred years after their last defeat, the... Oh, God. Which way doesn't get you to make fun of me for pronouncing it? I won't make fun of you. We're short on battery space on the camera, so I won't make fun of you today. We should do all reviews here. One hundred years after their last defeat, the Sinistrals have begun to return. Is that okay? Yeah, that is correct, Fine. Actually. 
And once again, it's up to a descendant of the original hero Maxim to gather some heroes, more like an army in this case, and stop them from destroying the world. This, this world that these games take place in is on a very um, real specific timetable. Every hundred you can years. set your watch. And yet they're always surprised. The Sinistral's rising. Yeah. And they're, every time they're like, yes. oh my gosh, what are these right. things? Uh, the same things from a hundred years ago. Every after, time. After it's happened three or four times. You know, you there's, there's an old guy it. that was still alive the last time yes, it happened. exactly. It was like a 135-year-old man. There are elves! <laughs> there are there elves are who elves. are like, hey, yeah. uh, next year, next, tu- <laughs> next Tuesday, March 13th, yeah. that's when they're rising they again. They have a communication problem on this planet. Uh, did you want to talk about the characters. Yeah, I mean, so an interesting thing about this game, there are a lot of characters, and there were going to be a lot more. Just like I said, the backstory is the most interesting part of this game. Um, there are 11, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Uh, there are nine that you can use. There on are nine that you can use. I think there's 13 or 12, and then there's a hidden character. Okay. Um, I don't remember because after a while it stops being real novel <laughs> and the characters start getting worse um, in terms of in terms of gameplay I feel like all the best characters that you get are the ones that you get right really early yeah. um, and then also just like in terms of personality the ones they give you earlier are the better characters Ima is it Ima or Ama was my favorite character. Ama she's the she's like the monk lady. Yeah, she, she's the most. She was one of my favorites. She's the most. She's like the most powerful character that you get, and I just liked her personality. Um, all of the characters are pretty much just anime tropes, <laughs> which is both good as a person that likes anime is both just like good and bad because you know what you're getting. Um, so you have your like red-haired warrior hero who's the descendant of Maxim and is stupid. He always has red hair and he is stupid. Yes, and then all you have, of the characters in this game are pretty dumb though. And then you have the blue-haired fortune teller girl who, wouldn't you know it? What a shock! <laughs> if you played Luffy a one and spoilers, two, spoilers! What a shock! It she's, turns out she's that she's the villain. Yeah. Um, and then you have the thief dude, and then you have the the monk lady who is my favorite. Oh. Um, yeah, and there's like the scientist guy. I don't even remember their names because yeah, they, there are so many. Yeah, there's so many, and you don't spend a lot of time with them because Game Boy Color. Exactly. So they just, don't get a lot like of personality. You need a new one, and then you get to like the next town, and you need another one. So they don't get a lot of. All of the characters are pretty stupid, and they spend a lot, a lot of time just bickering. Yes, they really don't get along in this game. I don't remember the other Lufias having that much bickering. The dialogue is like a really bad sitcom. Honestly, almost all of the... The story is fine. The story itself, absent the dialogue and the characters, like, just the story, fine. It's not the greatest Lufia story, but it's a Lufia story, fine. But the writing is really like a fifth grader. (laughs) Just all of the dialogue, all of the exposition. like children on the playground. Yeah, but we're supposed to think that it's comedic, this bickering. Right. But it's not. It's just irritating. It's childish. It really... I'm not even exaggerating. There are lines of dialogue, Oh yeah, well you're stupid. Nuh-uh, you're stupid. Well you're stupid, stupid. (laughs) 
that's the playful banter of the party. And that's why the Game Boy Color was so successful. <laughs> that's it. That was the selling point for the Game Boy Color. Also, I was extremely disappointed in the ending. Yeah. Because it's the exact same ending we've had twice before yeah. already. For the love of God, it's the third game. Try and mix it up a little. You could tell from the game mechanics that we'll get into next, in my opinion, that they didn't care about the story or characters, really, at all. Because the fact, which we'll talk about here in a minute, the yeah. fact that the whole purpose of the game was because of the popularity of the bonus dungeon in Lufia 2, <laughs> that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to give you a whole bunch of dungeons that were like that bonus yeah, we'll talk about dungeon that. from Lufia 2. So they're like, we just need to slap slap a coat of paint on this, and we don't even care if it dries properly. <laughs> and as long as you can do some dungeon crawling, we've In got theory, I liked having the large party and the large number of party members available. But... They were even less personalized than in, say, Shining Force. Like, there was even yeah, less personality right. and character there. Anyway. My favorite game, Shining Force. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, uh, story is fine, the writing is abysmal, and the characters are boring. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds about right. That's fair. So, next we'll move on to the combat system. Kind of like the effort that went into the combat system. Yeah, they tried something different. There are some innovations in this game that are worthwhile. Uh, the combat system, for example, you have a party of nine people. Mm -hmm. Nine, nine, nine on a three by three grid. Uh, and again, there's something like twelve or thirteen characters that you can recruit to put on that nine by nine grid. Now, only the characters on the top row actually get to take actions. But if they're knocked out, then the character beneath them is now on the top row and can now take mm -hmm. actions. And at any point, you can swap party members around as a free action. Uh, and then there's at least one character, I think the hidden character works the same, but I didn't get him, that will, no matter where you place him, automatically take actions and attack yes. and cast yeah. spells. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's a lot to manage. It's interesting. I'll give it... Even, I'll, isn't it even, like, certain abilities you can use are different based on... Because everybody has, yeah. like, an element. Yeah, I was going to get into that in Innovations, but we can okay. cover it here. Every character is associated with a particular element, and you level up how strongly they are associated with that element, and then that element feeds to everybody else in a row and a column with them. And how many of each element that a character has determines what special abilities they can learn and use. So when you start moving people around, people will lose access to certain abilities mm -hmm. or gain access, depending. It's complicated. There's actually yeah. a lot going yeah. on there. Um, you earn XP and LP. LP is used to learn magic and to upgrade those uh, elements that we just mentioned. Uh, and apart from that, it's the same iconographic uh, menu-based thing that we've seen before. Uh, spells, you're able to hit, like, select, and it tells you what the spell does or what the item does, which I deeply appreciate about the Lupia series. <laughs> right. Because, uh, you know, you want to name all of your stuff weird? 
That's fine, because, as long as there's a right, button to tell do you me. really... I have never read a spark. They name one of the spells spark. And I still don't know if it's fire or lightning. No. Without it, without, like, getting back into it and yeah. getting a refresher. But, like, brave. Right. Brave is yeah, a heal spell. It's true. a health replenishing spell. Strong. Is Strong rally. Rally right. is a, a, a basically an all-party cure. Yeah. And luckily, if you just hit select, here's what the spell does. Fine. Call your spells whatever you want as long as you give me a shortcut. Yeah. Uh, so, apart from the grid layout, the combat is... It's, I mean, it's standard. It's standard yeah. for a turn-based RPG. The thing I, what I wanted to mention is I didn't like... The thing I didn't like about the grid layout is because if one column, I believe, if one character in that column die, KOs, then you can't use that column. Well, no, the next person down still gets to make their attack. I don't think you couldn't use that column. No, the... It, Priority shifts to the next person down. Now, oh. you can't move a person who's been KO'd around, which is problematic. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but there's a lot to talk about at Innovations, which I guess is where we can move to. does this which i feel like gives no other game it's a game boy color game yeah. and it does this right it shows you when you're buying an item if it's stronger or oh, weaker yeah. <laughs> right. than the item you currently have that, that's it there is no more excuse for any a game boy color game did it no other game gets a pass anymore yeah that's true oh uh, SF is actually, we were calling it Elements, but I think it's called SF, right? Yes, the right. Yeah, and you use your LP to level that up, or to buy magic spells from a priest. In each town, a priest can yeah. save your game and can sell you magic for all your characters. Seems a little blasphemous. It's holy magic. <laughs> Nothing says holy, like calling lightning from the yeah, sky exactly. to strike down at your mm -hmm. enemies. Uh, the game also has a pretty decent tutorial system to introduce you to all of mm. these strange mechanics. It actually does a good job in teaching you about placement and SF and IP waves and special abilities. A tutorial system on it the Game Boy Color. It does have a tutorial system. I will give it that. I will say that the menu, I don't know if this is the right place to say it, but the menu is the most convoluted nonsense yeah. that I have ever had to scroll through in any yeah, game ever. The way it groups things together are weird. The tutorial system and the complex menu, I think, are what you can see where it was meant to be a PlayStation you game. You have, right? like, folder tabs of your characters at yeah, the top. That you can go across. And uh, so if you go if you go left and right on the D-pad, it, like, tabs through your characters. And if you go up and down, it goes through these little icons on the side that I didn't even notice at first when I was playing, when I was in the menu. And I'm like, how do I get to magic? Yeah, magic and items are grouped together. So you yeah. go to the magic and item thing, then you can pick to use magic. Then you pick which person, which spell, <laughs> right. and then who to use it on. It really, you, frequently in this game, you get the feeling that everything was either dumbed down or had to be just like mashed together yes. in order to the fit into the smaller. Where you really see, like you said, that it was a PlayStation game that they were having to condense. Yeah into something small. But you know something else they do that I like? <clears throat> Hidden items in towns. 
Yeah. I've always, mm -hmm. I always like it when you, there's a reason to go poking around in every right. corner. Let me go look at this bookshelf. Let me go look at this tree. And they put them in really, like if you've been playing JRPGs for a long time, you know that you need to wrap yourself all the way around to the back of a building and go around the side to get that one little barrel that you can't reach yeah. from any other point. Yes. And you're always rewarded with an item. Yeah, and they, they make they don't sure... Ever, they don't ever, like, 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 fake you out on that. No. They make sure that you can go into the back of item shops and get yes. those treasure chests behind the shopkeeper. Right. Yeah. Um, before we get... We'll get to the dungeons in just one second. So, it has visible enemies in dungeons, yes. but random encounters on the world map. Right. I like visible enemies, but you're not on the world map that much, so it didn't bother me that much. Russ, do you want to talk about the dungeons? The, the, the game was totally centered around the dungeons, so kind of to go into the backstory of it, my understanding is that when it was in development as a PlayStation game, they were actually um, basing it around characters. It was going to have as many characters as like Chrono Cross that has wow. like 45 characters. Only so 45? Was like, yes, Chrono Cross has 45. So... Um, there was going to be like a vampire. What's funny is I read just an article online that was taken from like an old Nintendo, from like a old Nintendo Power or something, and it was talking about characters that were like scrapped from the game. They had about six of them listed, and there was like a vampire, and there was like a shaman person or something, and <clears throat> that was originally going to be the draw of the game on the PlayStation was this giant list of characters, or like Suikoden, if anybody's ever played Suikoden. There's like 60 or 70 playable Sweet characters in those games. Um, but because of the... but I, I don't know what the time, the time frame or whatever of it was. But once it became a Game Boy Color game, they decided to take the popularity of the ancient dungeon, the ancient cave, yeah. optional post-game dungeon from Lufia 2, which was a like 100-floor randomly generated... You start with nothing, you start with no items and all your characters at level one, and you have to just build yourself up in this dungeon. And it was so popular, they decided, we're just going to make every dungeon in this game that dungeon. Randomly generated, so it's, 5 yeah. to 25 floors right. or whatever. Like, Each floor, completely different. When mm -hmm. you go up and downstairs, it's changed. Yes. Oh. And it is every dungeon in this game, and it gets so tedious. Yes. It's a neat idea at first. When you yeah. first start playing, you're like, cool, let me explore every nook and cranny, let me find mm -hmm. all the hidden treasure chests, and then you realize, oh, I get all the way through this dungeon, then I get to go all the way back out yeah. through this re-randomized dungeon. Because they're not well designed. Well, they're random. Well, and, and because the design of them is like, if you look at your little mini-map, because it does give you a little mini-map if you yes, press select. Yes, thank goodness. Um... So the way they're designed is there will be like four to five rooms in the, that are just, just almost just like perfect squares. And then each room is connected by little like, tentacle-looking hallways. So it's not even an interestingly designed Yeah, none of the dungeons have any personality as a result. No. They, they, they all look a little bit different just in terms of the, the walls and the floor. Yeah, right. But like, and then they get lazy about it. Why are there stairs in a forest? Right. It's a five-story yeah. forest dungeon. Right, yes. Why is the pirate ship five stories five tall? Uh-huh, yeah. Like, it was kind of a neat idea, and maybe 
on the Game Boy, I could see that. Like, I'm trying to picture the Game Boy primarily as, like, long car trips. Right. Like, maybe I could mm-hmm. see this making sense being played yeah. over a series of long car trips. But really, it just became... You picked the exact right word. It just became tedious. Very tedious. And, yeah, whatever variety they tried to put into the way the dungeons looked, you didn't even notice after a while because... Because it was just so monotonous. And the fact that every dungeon had the little hidden... You had to run around, like, hitting... Hitting walls. Cutting the grass or, like, hitting little things that you found alcoves on the Alcoves yeah. torches to unlock hidden treasure chests. Yeah. Um, this game also has side quests. I didn't pursue any of them because the game was so tedious. I just wanted to get <laughs> right. it done with. Including the hidden 13th part... Or the hidden 12th party yeah. member. Which is a dragon. And it also has the ancient cave, which I never even went in because I felt like I got yeah, the why experience. Why would you want to do it after you have done it a hundred a dozen times. dungeons of the ancient cave? And the ancient cave, and it and that's the point. That's my point. Is that it wasn't as good as the ancient cave from Lufia Two. The ancient cave in Lufia Two was actually yeah, it was actually pretty good. a very interesting challenge, and the procedurally generated root, you know, floors or whatever were. Not all just perfect squares that were connected by little hallways. And, yeah, yeah, originally, randomly generating each floor sounds, or each dungeon sounds interesting, but it just seems lazy Yeah, when you actually get into and it. And there are games that do it now that do it well, but... Are you saying the Game Boy Color just 17 wasn't up to the years job? ago. Yeah. Right. We were, not, we were not there yet in 2001. It also had something I haven't seen very often. I didn't care that much, but it was unique. After you beat the game, you got a statistics screen. Yeah. Number of monsters mm-hmm. fought, number of times party wiped, number of this, number of that. I was like, oh, cool. That's kind of neat. All right. All the loot. Well, Luthia 2 did that, too. I, I don't recall that. Yeah, they did. I don't see it that often. So... Yeah, the game, I guess the long and the short of it is the game tried to do a lot of different stuff, and most of it was just boring. I concur. Hey, speaking of boring, let's talk about music. (laughs) So we're going to talk about music, and it is my responsibility to read the names of the Japanese composers. Um, so I have Yasunori Shiono. I couldn't find anything else Who that has done, done nothing. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find <laughs> anything like, else that I recognized that they had worked on. Uh, Akiko Ishibashi uh, worked on Record of Lodos War on Dreamcast, which... Apparently there was a Record of Lodos War there was on a Dreamcast. Record of Lodos War video game. <laughs> Apparently there was. I wasn't aware of that. Good, good anime. I didn't know they made a video game out of that. Um, uh, Tomoko Morita oh, the, did the Rune Factory series. Finally, somebody on the list. Yeah, about Rune Factory. Rune I've Factory. never played it. It's a futuristic Harvest Moon, right? A fantasy Harvest Moon. Okay. Yeah, so you, so you fight monsters and stuff, and then you grow crops. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then Yukio Nakajima, who also did nothing. Uh, but you're forgetting something that the other one did. You left something. Oh, Shining Force, yes. Also so, contributed to some Shining so Force compilations. So, san also um, contributed on Shining Force, my favorite video game series of all time. I really like Shining Force a lot. Um, I still need I to play that mean. third one. It's hard to get a really good Sega Saturn emulator going that's stable. I mean, it. I mean, 
yeah. There's not a lot I can say about the music for all the obvious reasons and because it was a Game Boy Color game. Yeah. And it's a Lufia game, so they use that the same theme. Lufia theme and then other, you know. This may be the quickest review we've ever done, by the way. There's just not much to talk about, though. There's really not. And in fact, let's talk about how little there is to talk about with our final thoughts. Yeah. have one more Lufia game to review, I guess. Um, but they really peaked with two. <laughs> Which is the prequel. And that's why, yeah, and that's why there's so little to talk about, because when you have a game that was so great on the Super Nintendo, and then you, you, I don't know what the right word is, not degrade it, but when you, when you keep trying to melt so much mm. to something on the Game Boy Color. There's yeah, no yeah, that is, very rarely do series do that, where it's like, SNES, SNES, Game Boy Color. Yeah, exactly. Normally I would series, have loved, I, I, would, I would have loved to have played the PlayStation. Yeah, I would have loved to see what they were going to do when they were going to have 50 characters. I just realized I'm stomping all over your personal, your, your final thoughts, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I think we agree, I think we mostly agree on Well, what's your score for it? A C. I would give it a C. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not Arcana. Yeah. It's not like I wanted to self-harm or anything while I was, <laughs> while yeah. I was in the middle of playing this. I just... It was not... Yeah. My feelings on this game in general are a little mixed. Just a little mixed. I was just going to say, I could see it playing it on the long car trips because of the tedium <laughs> of the dungeon. Yes. And it's just something to keep you distracted. Like, you don't really care what you're doing, but it's just there to distract you. <laughs> My mother is laughing in the background because she agrees. Mother? We're going... I'm glad you think it's funny. She and I are going to film a Hallmark <laughs> movie review later. Uh, okay, so, like I said, I'm a little mixed about it because, like, I want to applaud them for trying new things. And they did do some things I haven't seen before. The whole wave system with the, the SF and the nine party grid and all of that like kudos for trying i just don't feel like any of it actually worked i feel like it didn't work out as much as they'd hoped that it would um uh yeah i kind of have to give it a c as well just yeah. it it's just bland and the writing is so bad it is really bad i think it was supposed to be so, here's the thing. All the Lufia games, as someone who watches anime, who loved the anime of the 90s, okay. and all of the... There was stuff like Slayers. It always reminds me of Slayers, which was an anime from the 90s, and it was a medieval fantasy, and it was a road trip comedy. And Lufia's okay. story has always reminded me of that, but <laughs> this one... Yes, you agree. Rocky, um, Rocky agrees. This one was done so bad. It was yes. done so poorly. It was trying to do the same thing. I can kind of see the road trip feel to it, too. Because you're kind of on a straight loop around the world. You are. I've al I, I always thought, even back in the day, that Lufia would make for like a great anime. In that same, Starting with the third one. In that same vein. <laughs> right. Starting, Starting with, with this one. one. So I think like the main character and Cena's 
banter was supposed to be cute, and she was like the tsundere. You're stupid. Whatever. No, you're but stupid. It was terrible. But you're stupid, stupid. Okay, everybody's stupid. Can we fight? Yeah. So bad. Uh, I can't recommend playing it. I can't re- The first two Lufias were great. It's a shame they didn't make any more. <laughs> it is a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. We can say it ended with two. If you want to play <coughs> Lufia 3, I think the only option is the Game Boy Color. I don't, was it ever re-released? It is on the DS. You can download it from the eShop. Okay. On the DS. I checked that out before before we did this. I did not download it, but you can. Uh, so. And next time, we are playing a game that Russ picked, but I'll bet you he doesn't remember what it is. I don't, because we've been talking about four or five of them. So, so next time, we are playing Golden Sun for oh, the Game Boy Advance. good, yes. All right. That'll be a nice palette. Okay, later. Russ is excited now. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll see you guys there. Bye. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaur productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. all the Christmas movies? Yes. Oh, yes. That and Gilmore Girls nonstop is what I've watched all week. I've watched Gilmore Girls so many times, but the movies, yes. yes. I don't miss any. Okay. We're filming. They had one that was the whole cast of One Tree Hill. <laughs> told me they used to record me <laughs> reviewing Hallmark movies. Yes. I would love to I do would it. review them with you. I love those things. Would you two like to do a Hallmark movie <laughs> review? I'm serious. Please. No, no. Russ, Russ will be your sidekick. I can't be on camera. <laughs> Russ will be your sidekick. Yeah. I can't be. My problem is I can never remember the titles or the names of the actors. Well, that's hard because every title is just like, we kissed at Christmas. <laughs> so, so.